Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's the word, y'all? Welcome back to Called Game. Today we have a very special guest, Meta Sandiford Artest, former Defensive Player of the Year, one of the last enforcers ever in the game of basketball. Boy, so focused, you notice my trash day from the logo like Dane Bay. Tell him I gotta go and get the money, good cause the money won't pay me. If anybody really think they no balling, well please tell him come to Bay May. Or you can go to YouTube and search Called Game, watch it on HJ, y'all. And that's game. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. You are one of my guys, man, because everybody that knows me knows I love basketball, but more specifically, I love defense. Okay. And you were locking everybody up in your prime, so this is just like the perfect match. Absolutely. So you still play? <laughs> it's been years. Oh, it's okay, been years. okay. I mean, the highest I got was like high school. Oh, okay, okay. But what, not even varsity. What city? Uh, Chicago. Oh, you were Born and raised in Chicago. What part? What city? Oh, um, I was born on the west side of Chicago. What street? Um, Mulligan. Oh, okay. I don't know if that means anything to you. No. It's like Austin area, Galewood area. Okay, okay, um, okay. That's, who, that's where I grew up. And then like once we got to high school, Pops moved me out of the city because it was rough. And we ended up in the suburbs. And okay. For a couple of years, I was kind of hooping in the suburbs. All and right. then... Shoulder surgery, you know the story. Okay, it yeah, wasn't for yeah. the shoulder, you know. It wasn't for been, the shoulder. It wasn't yeah. for the shoulder. I'd be saying that about my knee. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't for my knee. I would add a couple more years. <laughs> so we wanna we wanna start off with something um, like home court dictionary, right? I just told you my story from Chicago, and I feel like a lot of the players in Chicago have like this identity, right? I'm thinking like Patrick Beverly, um, Anthony oh. Davis. You know, a lot of these guys are like hard nosed, great defenders. What would you say the identity of, of your hometown? We talk about Queens, New York. What is the identity there for the Hooper? I, I would say solid, uh, solid fundamentals. When you look at, the, I mean, the guys from Queens, you look at Lamar Odom, mm-hmm. Meta. Mm-hmm. Kenny Anderson, Kenny Smith, Mark Jackson. Who else is from Queens? That's a great um, list already. Harkless. Mm. Um, there's a couple other guys, you know, from Queens that made it. And, you know, I, I think it's definitely some fundamentals. There. Guys like Kenny Anderson, they, they had some flair. Right. You know, but it might be a little different from, um, like, the Kimber Walkers from Uptown. Right. They got, so, they got a little bit... I'm not gonna say Brooklyn. No, I'm not gonna say style, but they had a little bit more flair to them, right? We're talking about Kim Ben, Stephon Marbury. Uptown's always the flyest, right? Mm -hmm. Uptown is to me the flyest people. Um, I love the ballers from Uptown because they just so uh, they they do have a style like it's fashion, Mm. you know. Brooklyn, I would say Brooklyn is like just good all around ball players. uh, who else is from Brooklyn? Well, Marbury. Mm-hmm. We had Charles Jones was nice. So we, we talk about that. Uh, you play for one of the greatest AAU basketball teams of all time. Who, who's all on that roster? On that roster, you had uh, me, Elton Brand, Lamar mm-hmm. Odom, Reggie Jesse, who I went to St. John's with Reggie Jesse, and we both was all city together. So he was on that team. Eric Barkley, another all city McDonald's All-American. Um, Sharif, Sharif Towns, another all-city guy. Right. Um, we had uh, Kitswana, another all-city guy from New York City. Just a deep roster. Deep. Mm. Deep roster. Everybody was all everybody was all city for the most part. Wow. Um, some years we played with Speedy Claxton. He played with the Spurs. Right, I know Speedy. Some years we did play with him. Okay. One year we had Shea Cotton. Okay. Shea from out here. We were stacked. We so, had... Um, I can't, a big guy, yeah, Katana, I got another, Katana was like seven foot, Aki was like 6'10". Big guys. How, how did these teams even come together? Brian, uh, you said, you said well, who, how did they come together? How did they come together, yeah. Well, Riverside's like all-star team, mm. right? So everybody, you either want to play with Riverside Church or you want to play with the Gauchos. Okay. I know about the Gauchos. So for Gaucho, sure. That's where there. Marbury played. Right. And um, so when you're playing ball, when they call you, mm-hmm. it's like, yo, I just got the call from right. Riverside. Right. <laughs> it's like Adam Silver hitting you up, like, man, you it's on the All-Star team. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. Okay. So and, yeah. y- y'all went, what, like 80-something and one? 67 and one. 67 and one. Yeah, we was beating everybody. I do want to know about that one loss, though. Baron Davis team. It was Baron Davis. Yeah. Who was on that roster other than him? It was Baron Davis, the Collins twins. Okay. 
Oh, J- Jaren and, and, yeah. and J- okay, okay. They beat us. They was playing really well. They beat us by twenty, uh. and then um, so then we they beat us. Then they had another tournament to go to, or Baron had another tournament to go to. Uh. So the team that was supposed to play them in the championship, they had to leave. Right. So we were sitting there. He's like, yo, y'all want to play in a championship game against Baron team? <laughs> and we was like, yes. <laughs> but Baron can't really defend himself because he wasn't at that game. Right, right. But we beat them by 20. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Baron's such a special player. Yeah, he was it, nice. it, may, it makes sense that, like, you lose him, you're probably going to lose the game. I remember the game, and we, we had a great point guard in Eric Barkley, and Baron, they both was playing well, but Baron was always special, man. Mm. Baron could just score. And he was like, Kind of a big guard, you right, know? Right, right. Yeah, I always grew up a ton of respect for Baron. Um, you just mentioned Eric Barkley. The name sounds super familiar. Did he go to St. John's with you? Eric went to St. John's. Okay. McDonald's All-American. He also got drafted in the first round. Did he play for the Bulls? I don't think he played for the Bulls. Okay, my trivia's kind of off right now. <laughs> my trivia's kind of yeah, off right now. Yeah, I don't think now. he played for the Bulls, but he was, he was a special player. Okay. Yeah, special player. So you go from the subway to the L train. You get drafted to the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Story tell it underneath your underneath your uniform or uh, your suit. You got the New York Knicks jersey. Yeah. So what did that feel like that they passed on you? Because for people that don't know at home, 15th overall, the New York Knicks select a guy that never even came over to the league. He just stayed overseas the whole time. And then 16, we have a Ron Artest at the time. So what did that feel like? It felt good. I, I just knew I was going to the Knicks. And I, w- I was projected to go top 10. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew I wasn't going to go top 10 because when you look at the first 10 picks, I was still um, I was still risky at that time. you know. Um, so I kind of knew I wasn't going to go top 10. Mm-hmm. But I'm like 15 when I did all the numbers. I had it maxed at 13. I, I, th- I thought I should have won lottery. Right. But in my mind, I'm like, lottery is great, mm-hmm. but I don't want to go lottery because I want to go to the Knicks. So I, I had the Knicks shorts you know, on... And I had a Nick uh, practice jersey on, under my suit. Mm. So that, that was it. I just, I, I just knew I was going to New York, and I just, you know, I kind of wanted to put on a show. Right. Um, but so it was okay. If they would have drafted you at fifteen, you went onto the stage and just like showed it. To I, the I world. was gonna take my pants off and maybe just <laughs> take my, my shirt off at that time, because I knew I was ready. I knew like one of the things I was dreaming of is playing behind Latrell mm-hmm. and playing behind Houston. Because when I looked at them in the playoffs. I knew I wasn't as good as them, mm-hmm. but on defense, I knew I could save them some time right. as a young player. Like, and they went pretty deep in that, that playoff run, right? Right after they, they you got drafted deep. to the yeah, Bulls. They, they, yeah. went, they went to the championship. See, that's why they should have drafted you. Well, man. you know, one, you know. I mean, I, things are different if you end up there instead well, of in Chicago. I'm, I'm still young, so right. I'm only averaging 11 points mm-hmm. my rookie year with the Bulls when I'm playing 30 minutes a game. Right. So I wasn't that good. Right. But... I think I could have sustained on defense. I, I could have been pretty good the on defense. The defense was always there. It was solid, yeah. When I came in, it was solid. Right, right, right. So you end up on the Bulls. This is something I want to ask you. Since, since you are such a big New York guy, how did it feel to end up on the Bulls, especially with all of the things that just went on with the New York Knicks and the Bulls fighting each other for basically 10 years when it comes to the 90s? So you end up there. Is there like some type of, I don't want to say dread or anything, but like you're a Knicks fan at the end of the day, and now you're just going to the biggest competitor. I know, but the Bulls, it was crazy because every time I played – um. Live 99, mm-hmm. you was like, how old are you? I remember what year you were I was born 96, but I know Live 99. Yeah, you know, you know. Yeah, know because you, you, you researched it, but you wasn't there. You know? <laughs> I wasn't there playing, yeah. right. <laughs> Live 99 was fire. Right? Yeah. It was just like every day playing all day. I played the Bulls, mm-hmm. you know? So I would play with my friend. His name is Cedric. And he played with the Pacers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was playing with the Bulls since I was 13 years old. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, because they, they, they were stacked. I can't imagine how good they were on the video game. It was crazy. You play Michael Jordan. I'm playing with the best player every game. Right. And um, when I went to the Bulls, it was kind of like my favorite team. It was like a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, going to a team where you play, you're literally playing with the team every day. Right. On the video game. Right. Now you're a bull on that game. Now right. you're a bull. Right. It's, it's crazy. So you end it's up... Just, how does it feel to, you just talking about Live 99, you end up in the video game. Yeah. Right. So that first year in the video game, what did that feel like to finally see yourself? There? I was playing with myself all the time. <laughs> all right? I, just, I was like, this is crazy. I can make shots. I remember when I would play, um, when I would play bad, I would, um, I would um, play the game mm-hmm. and play with myself in the locker room, right? Right. Before the game. Wow. It's a vision to see myself right. making just, shots. Just visually yeah, see it. Yeah, you see right, right. shots. Right. 
oh, wow, I can shoot a fadeaway. Oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> okay, okay, let me try this. <laughs> Things come kind of full circle, though, because one of my favorite games, more of my era, you ended up on a soundtrack of with the Champion song. Yeah. One of the f- most fire songs on any 2K soundtrack. I want to know the story behind that. I'm so cash clay. I'm tasting in this crime. You don't need with I'm Barry Bonds with mine. I beat the buzzer, baby. My stroke is holding one. You see the check the flag. Finish line. You're in Houston at this point. I'm in Houston. Okay. I went to the studio and I was like, yo, I need a championship. Mm. I got I to gotta become a champion. This is... I'm really talented and whatever the case may be. So we coming up with records, and I was in the studio with my boy Briss and my boy Sly. They write, they write, they was producing records for Dre. Mm-hmm. And then Hayes was writing records sometimes for the, the whole aftermath team. Mm-hmm. So we was in the studio together, and we wrote Champion. Hayes is like, moment of silence for the champions. We was all up in there. So we said, yeah, this is it. Right. We gonna drop it whenever we win a championship. Oh wow! So you had it already <laughs> made. Yeah, we See, had it made in two thousand nine. I think that the story that I always picture in my mind is that you win the championship with the Lakers, then you immediately go to the booth, you write something, you, but it was already made we, a year before. We made that in June. Mm. We made that in June, and it was so cool because when we won it, and they, when they was interviewing me, and I'm like, that's why I'm like, oh wow, I got a record called Champions. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got a record called Champions, and it wasn't on iTunes. It wasn't there yet. No, I was like, oh, wow, I got a, but it's not out yet. Right. <laughs> Give us like seven days. <laughs> what about part two? I heard rumors about a part yeah, two. Yeah, part two was dope, yo. So part two, so we win the championship. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I do the podium stuff. I, I still have my uniform on. Mm-hmm. I, go out, I go out to the club and then um, party a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the studio, um, to Dre's studio, Aftermath Studio. I was going there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then literally we just partying. I'm there. Chris Brown was up in there. I gave Chris Brown the jersey. Right. I signed it for him. <laughs> he, said, he said, I got to get that. I said, all right, if anybody going to get this jersey, it's going to be you. Right, right, right. <laughs> I felt honored, right? Take it off, sign it, give it to him. And I still got my warmth on. And then... We just in the studio vibing, like we smoking, we, we having a good time. Snoop might have even been there. I think, I swear Snoop was in there. I can't remember. Man, it's crazy. And then, um, you know, blowing it down, all that stuff. And then uh, there's it, these moments where people just be in the room and we just be vibing, like people are like, damn, I'm with a champion. Or Ron Artis won a championship. I'm like, God damn, Dre right, Dre right here. <laughs> we just chilling. So I say, yeah, I got that record champion too. So I play champion and they uh-huh. hear it. Oh, this is pretty dope. He said, but I would do it like this. So my mom, like, are you serious right now? Dr. Dre on the so track. So we're working on a beat uh-huh. with his producers, another, the same producers, and my boy Smitty mm. was writing it. Mm. And, you know, and um, so I'm like, I want to do this right now. They said, right now. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is crazy, <laughs> right? So the beat's done. We write the verse, and then Dre come in to produce the, to produce the verse. Mm. So I go behind the booth, and I'm literally... And it was just such an experience because Dre was literally had me focus on one syllable, pardon, one syllable for like maybe ten minutes. Wow. Sometimes I would get a ver- sometimes I would get a bar, and it'd be cool. But for the most part, Dre was like, "Not nah, say it like this, like this, like this, right. like this." He's just, he's, just a, he's just a master of his craft. <laughs> yes, man. But I remember then it was like, so the papa right here, Dre over there. And the papa right there, I'm falling asleep. It's like four in the morning, maybe right. five a.m. And at this point, I'm just like, I don't want, I don't want to tell Dre mm-hmm. that I'm really tired. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm keeping my. So I'll, I'll say a bar, yeah, nah, 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 right. And then Dre will listen to it back, and about, while he's listening to it, I'm like, just eyes oh, closed. <laughs> he said, okay, Ron, I, I kill, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so we did one verse, mm-hmm. and um, I was supposed to come back to finish it, but. I don't know. I felt like um, I had a good time. I was like, yeah. I, I was like, job done. I recorded with Drake. It was more about the experience more than the product. It, it was. It was just weird. I, I was like, I wanted to go back and finish the record. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back and finish the record, but I was like, it was. It was a little bit. I was in awe. I'm not gonna lie. I was just. I was in awe because I always wanted to be a rapper. Right. And then when, I, when, it, when this happened, I was like, this is crazy. I just. I couldn't make a decision. I couldn't even think straight. Mm-hmm. So I never went back to finish. The record, and but Dre's just a great guy. Right, great, great guy. 
Yeah, I'm always super impressed when I see somebody that's like a master at his craft doing it, right? So when, whenever I go to a basketball game, I try to get there as early as possible just to see people warming up because, I mean, y'all are professionals. Y'all very rarely miss. So I can't even imagine, doc, like, Dr. Dre's like the best ever. I know, I He's know, like the I best know. ever. I mean, you listen to the album. This is crazy, right? You yeah. listen to the album. Yeah, man, and I remember him being in the studio, his own studio. Mm-hmm. I remember walking around the studio one day and then Dre was just like working, but... He he was he was sleep. I'm like, who's sleeping over there on the floor, <laughs> right? And I didn't want to bother nobody. I'm not. It's not my spot. But I'm like, oh wow, somebody's sleeping. This is really nice. And I, and I was there all, all all night, so I went to find a place to chill, maybe get on my phone or something. It was Dre sleeping like this on the floor <laughs> in the studio. That's crazy. I'm like, this is crazy, mm-hmm. man. He, he get up, hey, what's up? Just like normal. Yeah. I'm like, wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I want to get back to Chicago though, because okay. you get drafted by them. I'm at the time Jerry Cross is still still in in charge. It's right after the Jordan era. Now I'm sure you saw the Last Dance, right? Yeah. So in the Last Dance, they made Jerry look like this type of villain, right? <laughs> like it's not players that win championship; it's the organization and things like yeah. that. So what was your interpretation of playing under him? I guess for a couple of years. Well, they had their own drama, right? Um, they had the, everybody be going through stuff, but me, he drafted me, right? So I feel good about it. Like Jerry Cross drafted Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. Scottie Pippen, yep, traded for Dennis Rodman. And he got me and my friend Elton Brand. We got drafted together. Same draft, yeah. Same team, same mm-hmm. draft, right? Same age. Yeah. We shared the New York City Player of the Year together, mm-hmm. like grabbing it. Right. And we did that with a lot of awards, MVP, <laughs> like just like, uh, and me and him and Lamar, the three of us, <laughs> right. every, every tournament, MVP, mm. one of us is getting it. Yeah. So for me, I'm not grateful. You know what I'm saying? So um, I understand that. that. That was their issue. That wasn't my issue. Right. right. So for me, I'm like, I'm just I'm happy he drafted me because he also drafted Michael Jordan. Right. So I you know so I, that's it. Anything else I don't really I can't really comment on you know because I don't really know right. what's happening. But I know he was really competitive. Mm-hmm. I know he wanted to win another ring, and I wanted to win a, win a ring too. Mm-hmm. Even at 19 years old, I'm like I want to win a championship. So <laughs> he was real competitive. Like they had the issues, which was publicized. And he'd be like, Ron, we're gonna get number seven. We're gonna get number seven. And I'm in there like, okay. You want to you get number seven because it's the most important to you. But I'm like, those rings you got is really important to me. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not telling him that. But I'm like, yo, Jerry, I'm such a fan of these six rings. You don't even understand. But I do want to get one, too. Right. So I, 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 I'm with you, right? But um, I was young. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't understand, like, a process. I, I wanted it now. Right. Right. So yeah. I understand that because you went from... High school AAU, y'all barely lost. You go to college in St. John's, you're going like a high deep... school. My senior year, 27 and 0. 27 and 0. Never lost a game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I'm not used to losing, so we get Chicago. And then it was like they was... were in a rebuild phase, so it was a lot, a lot of losses. That's how we, you guys ended up with. Because I was used you. to like when I try hard, I win. Right. Right. <laughs> I wasn't used to trying really hard and still losing those games. <laughs> I was struggling, man. Yeah, those are tough rosters. I was like, I'm giving them my all, but then. I was lashing out on different things. Um, I was really upset, but it really was me. I'm a 19-year-old kid playing mm-hmm. with men. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't ready. Um, what, type, what type of lash outs are you talking about? Well, you know, just getting upset when you lose. Mm-hmm. Just anybody that's like, you know, you lose, you know, you just get upset. You, need to see, you see like even when Embiid, when he lost, mm-hmm. start crying. Yeah. Like that type of passion. You know, it's very important, but sometimes as a young player, you don't really understand. Like, you're not ready. You're not going to be winning right now. Right. You got veterans here, and you got to, you know, either be ready mm-hmm. or get ready. Right. Right? So, things like that. So, the story goes, you're in a, a little off-season pickup with MJ. Mm-hmm. Something happens, you end up breaking his ribs. Right? Yeah. So, anyway, so MJ, extremely tough player. I'm 19 years old. I'm extremely tough, um, and MJ was playing so well. Like he literally was gonna average thirty. When I remember seeing him, I'm like, "Yo, he's coming back, mm-hmm. and he gonna average 30. At this age, he's like what, thirty eight, thirty nine, maybe forty. Yeah, he might like LeBron right now. Okay, but just like LeBron mm-hmm. right now, same age, mm-hmm. I think. So I'm like, "Yo, he gonna average thirty, right?" And then I was happy I'm playing against MJ. I'm happy because he's going to play well. But I'm also competing. So when he was posting me up, I was just trying to deny him. And, the, and he had referees. So the ref actually called the offensive foul. And um, I told the story a lot. 
because everybody always asks about mm-hmm. it. I never put the story out, by the way. Really? The Chicago, uh, the media did. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd rather keep it low key? Well, I never wanted it to get out. Right. Who wants that? Who wants right. that? I mean, that's one of your heroes, right? You yeah, just actually wants that? Him, I don't right. want to be known for that. Yeah. But so when I was trying to deny him, you know, my uh, my right elbow, boom, and hit him in the ribs. Mm. And he was like, Jordan, post you up. He holds you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And Jordan's strong. So I was just trying to get in front of him. We just fighting in practice. Mm-hmm. You know? And then um, I practiced open, open run. And then I seen him touch his ribs. I'm like, okay. I hit him a little bit. I was like, ah, oh, sorry, Jordan. You know what I mean? My mind. Then he, he, I seen him walk back down. He came back down. He holding his ribs. And then he came, hit the game winner at the free throw line, off the dribble, on me, <laughs> and then left like that. And then the next day, I, I had some. The next day, I read, um, Ron Artest punched Michael, punched Michael Jordan. Punched him. Just, just changing Ron the whole Artest narrative. That's crazy. That, I'm like, man. You know what I'm saying? I was so pissed. And I remember I just didn't leave my room for two days. I'm like, my agent called me. I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous. I didn't punch Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And um, then Michael actually called me. I think my agent called him. And he called. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. Things happen. Um, and you're, you're a tough kid. And then um, I was like, thank you, man. I'm sorry. Um, and then he actually invited me to his office. The only, time, only two times I haven't met Mike. Mm. Well, no, I met him at the practice facility the one time when he played against Corey Benjamin. Okay. I, I know I that club. Him. I know that club. I was yeah. sitting there like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, on the court, multiple times on the summertime, like, I don't know, I played against Michael maybe maybe 12 times. Okay. On the court, maybe more. On the summertime, and then I met him um, on the NBA game, <laughs> on the court. Yeah. He gave us 40 one time. I was pissed. He old, too. I was pissed. He hit, he hit his 30th uh, point. 30,000 point at the free throw line against us. Mm-hmm. And I know, I remember going into that game, he can hit 30,000 and he, he needed like 17 points. And in my mind, I'm like, no, no, no. Not against us. Not against me. <laughs> right? Not against me. So I'm trying my best mm-hmm. to keep him from getting 30,000. I'm trying my best. And he's at the free throw line. Boom, hit one. I'm like, no, <laughs> right? No. Then he makes the other free throw. And I, I took my fist. I went to the scorer's table. And boom! Three times. Boom! So loud. Everybody said, I was so pissed when I was a young kid. And I remember being so mad that he hit 30,000 points against my team. Mm-hmm. And you heard it. And his team started looking at me. You see it too. <laughs> and boom! I hit the, the, the banners where they do the advertising. Uh-huh. I, I almost broke my wrist. I was so hard. I was so mad. Because I just said, not because I didn't like Michael, mm-hmm. I just didn't want that against Right, right. Me. It's that competitive. And I was only 20 years old yeah. at that time. I was really competitive on the defensive side. I, I, know, I don't like anyone to score. I held people to zero. <laughs> I know. I'm not prime, Who's right? that? Um, Latrell a couple times, right? Well, I love Latrell. But yeah, one season, yeah, he didn't score one at one point. You know what I'm saying? And for two games. And I've done that multiple times to yeah. people. And that's like, and when, I'm, when I'm going into a game, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like yeah. a psychic. It's like that's the mindset. I don't want no points. And if you get two, immediately I'm like, okay, not even not even a free throw, nothing. Mm. <laughs> and then sometimes you go up against Vince Carter and he get thirty. It's, yeah, right? it's harder. It's it way harder. harder. Kobe come and get thirty five. Right. You know what I mean? LeBron come get. LeBron had twenty five points against me his first game. As a rookie. As a rookie. Man. Seventeen years old. Man. And I was the and I was the defensive player of the year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so you true. mentioned you mentioned MJ at this age, comparing it to LeBron, right? You just said they were about the same age. Which which is more impressive? What LeBron is doing right now, or what MJ was doing in those years? It's just different because when MJ was playing, if LeBron did what MJ did that early, maybe LeBron gets tired also. Right. Okay. I see what you mean. MJ felt like it literally was no competition. Mm-hmm. That's that was the feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come back again and just win again. Right. Like I'm done. I got six rings. I've n- I, I've never lost in the finals. No one's gonna catch me, mm-hmm. right? And his, that's his mind, right? So, but LeBron lost in the finals. Yeah. LeBron don't have six rings. So LeBron, he won six rings. But better believe that. Yeah. How many he got now? He's got four. He got four. He's got four. That's right not now. a lot. It's, uh, it, it for him. For him, right? That's not for a lot. for the goat conversation. It's not a lot for him. That's not a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's hard to compare what their passion is. It's just different. So LeBron's going to be here for, honestly, he, I thought he was done 
when he was slowing down a couple years ago, he was slowing down. Uh-huh. I thought he was not. I, I thought I said I said okay, he's gonna start winding down, and probably retire when he's forty, and maybe not play as well. Mm. I didn't know he was gonna be playing. Keep it going this well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's playing extremely well. Yeah, I didn't. I did not know that. So he's gonna be here for three more years, maybe at least. You know what I'm saying? At this level, yeah. The way he's be playing. Because he, he's so good about managing his time on the court, right? Where, like, it seems like he can just go three quarters with just being okay, and then he'll ramp it up in that fourth quarter. Exactly. He'll drop 10. He's smart. He's smart. I mean, it's very like, smart. You got to idolize that. Yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah, I, miss, I miss playing against those guys, man. I was, I was, I remember always trying to go into a game and stop him. I was just like, he's, he was one of the few guys that literally I couldn't stop when I wanted to. Mm. I had maybe a couple good games, mm-hmm. but he was one of the guys where I definitely didn't have his number. Who else? Some people say I did, but I just don't see it. Who I else was on that list? So you got so LeBron is super hard to stop. Who I are mean, some other the dudes? Well, in terms of the hardest, mm-hmm. like LeBron and Kobe was like the hardest. That makes sense. Yep. And then like I had some good games against other guys, but then when Durant got older, he became really difficult. Mm. Um, when he was younger. Not as much. Um, and then I guess like with Vince, it was like it was, it was like half and half with Vince. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like he would get some good games and then I would have some. Half and half? Vince Carter? Yeah, half man, half amazing. You know, and then Tracy sometimes he would get his 30 pieces and then sometimes I would get my, I would, I would, I would have my games. Right. My, on the defensive side. Um... And then you look like Richard Hamilton was a tough one because mm. Richard just run. Right, yeah. I remember Cardio out of this world. I don't think I ever had his number. Maybe I got him a couple games, but for the most part, he was difficult. Yeah. He he was just as tough to me like uh, as um as Kobe and, and LeBron. Mm. That's a good name. See, I wouldn't expect the Rip to be out there. Because Rip don't be marketing himself. Rip is not out there. Nobody people. Rip is not doing like like a, you know like John Sally or like Rick Fox or like or Metal World Peace. Rip just, just could play ball. Yeah. He doing his thing, and we don't hear about him much. But Rip was tough. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I got tough. to see the end of Rip's career with the Bulls. And by that time, he won the same, but he was still crazy good. Now, Rip, Rip, yeah, Rip, he's a winner. Mm. He's won in college. Yep. Won in the NBA. Yep. You know what I mean? Rip, Rip is a winner. He know, he has, he has this flow of the game that, he has this control of the game that I don't know if anybody has. Mm. What do you mean? You know, it's like gravity. He's running, and everybody always has to pay attention to him. Right. He's running off down screens. The big man got a hedge all the time. He's making everyone work. Mm. And if you switch on Rip, you're going to be working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to switch on Rip. I had good cardio, so I, 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 I didn't mind it, mm. right? But Rip was a special – he's a special player. Yeah. Yeah, he's a special player. Before we get to the next thing, talk to me about your app, man, because I know you've been working a lot on this one. Yeah, yeah. X versus X Sports. We do a lot of um, male games, co-ed games, female games. Um, it's for recreational players to find competition. Mm. Some people think they're going to come on the app and just find the game. You got to work. Right, yeah. <laughs> you got to build relationships. You know, you got to talk to the community. Who's doing what? Who at your skill level? Right. There's a lot of these apps coming out. You know, um, I'm just one of many of them. Um, X vs. X Sports, we do uh, these showcase games, you know, once a month. Uh, and we, we, it's, it's, it's a social community mm-hmm. for basketball players. Right. And, um, you know, pe- people should sign up and just, like, you know, post content about, you know, your, your um, aspirations. Mm. And you don't even have to be just a player. You could be an aspiring agent, you know, an aspiring coach. Um, but it's for basketball, yeah. for sports, you know, because um, a lot of athletes don't really have the opportunity Um to get exposure. Yeah. They get lost in all these other social media channels. Um, and there's a lot of talented athletes in America, elite athletes, mm-hmm. that can't make money playing basketball also. Because there's just so much, uh, so much chaos uh, trying to find the right agent, trying to find the right team. Right. And then also, when you look at the recreational players, some recreational players want to play against good competition. Yeah. So on this app, if you are a recreational player, and you set up a game and invite some people you see on the app, you know, they're going to do their research and see if they want to play with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they wanna, they, they're going to do their research, look at your profile, and they're going to see if they want to play with you. Right. And you might get a good game. Mm. And we've been having some amazing games. 
The, the games I like the most are the co-ed games. Okay. I love the co-ed games because the guys are learning how to play with women, and women are learning how to play with guys, and everybody's having a good time, and, it, and it's great, and it's great conditioning. Mm. You know, it's great cardio. Um, the co-ed games are my favorite. I've, I've, I've played in more co-ed games personally, you know, more than uh, any of the other games. So you like you you developer of the app, but you also hooping on there too. I'm hooping definitely. I, I hoop. Um, it's a startup, right? Right. So it's it's not as easy. So sometimes I can hoop, but then sometimes as a startup, you know, you're talking to the developers, mm. you're talking to investors, yeah. You know, you're talking to your interns. It's a lot of work. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, you're talking to the product manager, and you, and you don't even have a lot of these. You don't even have most startup companies. Well, not most. <laughs> You know, really good startup companies would have, you know, investors and team that can pay salaries as a startup with us. It's not that's not the that's not the case. Mm. So it's like a lot of work. Right. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine. I can it's imagine. It's a lot of fun. Hey, people at home, be sure to download X versus X. Yeah, Get definitely. Get into it. Absolutely. X versus dot com. So X V S X Sports dot com. So getting back to your career, you play a couple years in Chicago. Yeah. And then you get traded. And, and through my research, I couldn't, usually there's like a reason, right? There's a reason the player gets traded, whether it be doesn't fit the timeline, which you fit because they're a rebuilding team. So what was the reason that Chicago traded you to Indiana? Because we were losing and I was a sore loser. I get really upset. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was a sore loser at that time. And then um, I was always like just causing stuff, issues in the locker room and stuff. Mm. So you end up in Indiana. Is that... In your mind, immediately, is that a good fit? Because I mean, they're they're way further down the line to win a championship than Chicago was. Yeah, so, yeah, so you're yeah. probably pretty happy about it. I was happy because we was going to the playoffs. Right. I go from there. I think I was starting. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I was starting when I got to Indiana. Right. Immediately. Yeah, I think so. Because you swap places with Jalen Rose, right? Oh so yeah, you end I was up taking this spot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was starting, which is crazy. And I was 21 or 22. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was in the playoffs, and I remember get play, playing against the Nets, my first playoff, and I sprained my ankle the first game. Wow. And I had like 15 points in the playoffs the first game, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, and then I was, just, I was on, a, on a bad ankle for the whole time. It you, played was the worst. you played through it, though. Yeah, I played every game. Yeah. But I was like, man, I had 17 points or 15 points in the first game, and then Isaiah was coaching us, and Isaiah was like, man, I feel so bad for you. You was going to play so well. <laughs> and we took him to game five. Right. You know, we took him to game five. But it was fun. It was fun. So you transitioned from just like, everybody knew immediately that you were a great defender. But then you transitioned that offensive game too. So what was that work like for you to go from, you mentioned yourself, you're like your, your rookie year, you weren't really able to score the ball, but now you're averaging 20 plus points. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I was working hard. I was always able to, I mean, I averaged 25 in high school. Mm -hmm. That's high school. And in college, I only averaged 14. Right. I averaged 11 and 14. So I, for some reason, I stopped scoring, but I was still working, but I don't think I was doing things the right way. Mm. Right. So then in the Bulls, I was averaging a 12, then I averaged 11. Right. And then the next year, when I, before I got traded, I was at 15. So I was getting better. Mm -hmm. Then when I got to Indiana, I think I was averaging 13, maybe 14. For the rest of that season, right? That season. Okay. And then the next year, I was averaging 18. And then yeah, that, the then 18. that blossom hit, that all-star year. I was year. working. Yeah, that day, I was averaging 18. I was an all-star that year. Mm -hmm. And then the next year I came back before the brawl, I, I was at 24. And I thought I would have been there for the whole season. But some people said, you know, would say, well, you was only only seven games. Right. I'm like, cool. Maybe it's 20 points. Right. <laughs> right? right. Maybe it's 21 I'm averaging. Mm -hmm. who, who knows? But um, it was three points up. So I just kept getting better. Yeah. You know, and then when abroad, then when I got back from abroad, I was at 19, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. It was actually 19.9 when I left the paces. Went to SAC. And then I was out for like three months. So it was like 17. Then the next year it was 20. Yeah, you were you were hooping in Sacramento. I People forget about that that part of your career, but you were hooping, hooping. Like I think yeah, I one of your, your career high happened in, in Sacramento. My career, a high average. Right, okay. It was 20 in Sacramento. Which it says a lot for me because I was such a defender. So mm -hmm. It says a lot. I was a defender, and then I was a go-to guy, you know, which is like, I mean, it's normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's normal. Like, some guys do it better than others. Right. You know, Kawhi does it amazing. 
Do you see part of you in Kawhi? Because there is, there is like a, a small parallel between you two. You can make a comparison if you just if you just take one season I had, mm. take 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 two seasons I had, then you can you can compare it. But Kawhi has so much. He he he's a sustainable pro, right? So he had way more consistent, mm-hmm. professional, and productive years right. than I've had. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So it's hard to compare it at this point in his career. Maybe ten years ago, I can say that, but at this point, he's so far ahead of what I accomplished. Mm-hmm. It's not even comparable anymore. You okay, know what I'm I see what you mean. Yeah, I it's see not what comparable you mean. anymore. While we're on the topic of, of like current players, we see like some of the former players kind of just talk trash about the current players, right? It's all over the place. We got some people that really respect the game. Where where do you really sit with like 2021 basketball? I mean, uh, five years ago, I wasn't I wasn't happy five years ago. Mm. I was I cannot watch a game. I just did the rules, and but it was a transition also. Yeah, it was a trend. The NBA was betting that this transition is going to be big for the game in the future. The game is super exciting now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see a guy like Stephen Curry can literally make these type of three point shots. I mean, back in the days, you you didn't even think you can make ten threes. Right, and he can do that regularly. Yeah, mm-hmm. the NBA seen something that we didn't see. I didn't see that. I didn't know you can train a human to, to be that good. Yeah. And now you see now, Devin Booker, look at all these shooters. This is like, it was, un, it was unbelievable. Hmm. And, and, these, and, and the, next, the next wave of shooters is just going to be insane. Yeah. The next wave of shooters coming to the NBA is just going to be insane. We, I don't even think we've seen the best. Because yeah. we thought Reggie Miller was the best. Right, you're right. You got, a, you got a good point there. Because, I mean, even I have a nephew who's like hooping. He, he's trying to make it to the league, right? I think he, at this point he's like 13. Um, and he watches a bunch of Steph Curry film, right? So... These younger dudes about to come into the game with the idea that they can be the next Steph Curry. So Steph Curry hitting 12, 13 threes a couple times a season in a single game may get eclipsed. That 14 three-pointers in a single game by Klay Thompson may get taken out like that when the next generation comes through. It's kind of crazy. It is amazing. Klay's amazing. I can't wait to see him back, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to see him. That's the same back play. I don't, I don't want him. He got injured twice. Twice. I don't want to see that again. I, w- I want him to come back and just like play I, I, I would be sick mm. I don't know how I would live with myself yeah in that time when I want to play basketball and I can't play for two years two years oh my goodness so you kind of had your own version of that after the brawl you had to sit out for the rest of the season what was that like for you sit out the rest of the season it, it was it was miserable I just wanted to, I was even trying I told my agent can I just come back and play and they can keep the money please oh wow <laughs> it don't work like that buddy yeah it don't work like that Man. It don't work like that. <laughs> it was yeah, miserable. I can't imagine that. I mean, I think we, I think everybody got their own passions, right? And yours being basketball, being away from it for that long. It was miserable, man, because I wasn't playing ball. Mm. I was practicing, but I couldn't be in the building when the team was in the building. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know? that's rough. That's rough. I remember the. I remember I was able to be in the building Reggie Miller's last game. Oh man. So they let me come for that. Uh huh. So I was able to sit. I could sneak and sit. Then I had to leave. <laughs> so they didn't allow you in the entire building, like the the, the no, building I couldn't go at all. The Whoa. I couldn't go in the building because I was suspended. So then I remember after the season, I can go into the building. Mm. The last game, I was by the I was right by the tunnel in my car. They finished the game. I'm right by the tunnel. And horn go off. I drive down the tunnel, and I go right to the gym <laughs> as they're coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I know that tunnel. And get too. right to work. Yeah. I was like, my goodness. Yeah, it was miserable. So you, you come back um, for a little bit because you ended up opting out and wanting to, uh, to get traded. You ended up in Sacramento. But that little transition period, was it, I don't want to say the word awkward, but like, you know, you and your teammates, you just said you couldn't even be in the building with them. So It was awkward for me. Cause it was awkward like as a basketball player. Sometimes, especially an elite basketball, it's different between an elite NBA player and then that mid-tier and then that bottom-tier. Mm-hmm. And that, that elite tier, you, you, have a, you have a responsibility. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have a responsibility, and, but not everyone can handle that responsibility. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was one of the ones that couldn't handle that elite tier responsibility. So I'm a mid, so then I became a mid tier player. Right. <laughs> even, even from the checks. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting elite checks, I was getting mid tier checks because you're not responsible enough, you know what I mean, to handle it. I see that. At that time. I see that. So. We're going to transition to the Laker days because mm-hmm. I think most people remember you the most for that game seven. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and we we're gonna talk about that a little bit a little bit later. But you getting to the Lakers, what what did that look like? How did you get there the first time? The Lakers was cool. So actually, I tell a story a lot. I tell a lot of stories a lot because I get <laughs> interviewed a lot. Hey, you <laughs> one of those guys. Everybody want to hear you talk. No man, everybody want to hear you talk. I get interviewed so much, but um, but yeah. So the story was, it was after it was after the Rockets, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, we, we just played really well against the Lakers. So I wanted to go back to the Rockets because we lost, and I'm like, man, I want to win. Yao Ming breaks his foot. Yeah, that's crazy. That was sick. Y'all had a stacked team that year, too. Stacked. Stacked. We were just, like, really good. So then um, after that series, the Rockets said they wasn't going to have me back. So I said, like, cool. So I tell my agent I want to go to either Indiana, back to Indiana, or mm-hmm. to Detroit, the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't going to happen. Why, why Detroit? Just because of the story. Because I was thinking, like, I, I want to win a title. And I'm like, if I can win a title in Indiana... That would be amazing because right. of that story. Mm-hmm. Then when, when that wasn't an option, I'm like, oh, wow, if I can win a title in Detroit, yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah, that story would have been amazing, yeah. And I was just thinking about the story. Uh-huh. So I'm like, that would be amazing. And then that didn't happen. So then I wanted to go to Greece because I always pitch. Well, the Knicks, I knew. The Knicks almost happened. Mm. The Knicks almost happened. Right. Again, I can't tell that story, but. I was, I was like... You can't tell a story? I cannot tell a story. All right. I can't tell a story, but I was literally... Um, I want to be a Nick mm. in, in 2010. Right. <laughs> um, and then um, that didn't happen. I knew that wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, I was going to go overseas to Greece. Right. Because um, I always wanted to play overseas in my prime. Mm. Um. So that, but then over, when, we, when we was talking to Greece, Greece was like, Ron Artest don't want to come to Greece. Right. He's an elite basketball player. Yeah. And my mom like, how y'all know what I want? Right, yeah. I want to come to Greece. I know the money ain't the same. I want to come to Greece because I love European basketball. Mm-hmm. It is different. I love Croatia basketball. Yeah, it's different. Serbia. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's Russia. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's, it's like so aggressive and so many great players. Yeah. So when, so when, the, when we couldn't get over there, we were just waiting. Um, and these conversations happen quick. Literally, these conversations happen within a day. Oh, yeah. I talked to my agent, and literally, just happened within a day. Okay. So then I was at the SLS hotel, and then I get a call at midnight, and my agent says, the Lakers want, want to talk to you. And my, the first thing that came to my mind was like, um, for what? I'm thinking <laughs> I did something, honestly. I'm like, I'm like, I told my agent, for what? <laughs> and he said, they want to they they offer your contract. Mm. And I'm like... Initially, I'm like Kobe just beat me. Yeah, <laughs> and y'all had some good some good battles between. My brother Kobe, yeah, we did. I was like, yeah, he just beat me. I don't, I, I like, man, but I didn't have no more options, honestly. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the I Lakers wasn't getting it was. no calls and teams saying they want you know Ronald Test, but Kobe, Phil Jackson, you know, um, they took a chance. You know, mm-hmm. Doctor Bus, R.I.P. Doctor Bus. You know, they all took a chance. Because they just coming off a championship, right? And then Trevor Reza ended up with Charlotte or something like that. He, t- he took a trip somewhere else who was starting for them in 2009. So they, they had a hole to fill. They needed that defense. Well, Trevor, yeah, because Trevor, you know, Trevor actually had the contract, but something happened. He could tell his story. Mm-hmm. I know he wanted to be there, but I can't, I, I don't really know the ins and outs. Right. Um, but I know he definitely wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, but something happened, and then um, I, I was just able to get, the, get, get, get picked and get there. How different was playing with the Lakers compared to playing with Indiana, Chicago, or some of the other teams, Houston, Sacramento? Um, well, the team was different. Mm. I mean, these guys are focused on winning the ring. When I got there, the mindset, first practice was championship. Right. <laughs> Which I was like, this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like this. I like this. It's just different. Some teams, you know, you, you, you're not built for championship. You don't know if you want to win a championship. Some people want to win a championship, mm-hmm. you know, and some people, everybody's mindset is there. And I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer of, um, you know, uh, even if you don't, even if you can't win, your goal should be championship. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it, it probably changes the way you even approach the game, right? For those 82 games in the regular season. Like if, if you're thinking about championships, you're yeah. probably going to play your best ball every single night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you should be thinking about it. You should be thinking about it. I, I mean, I just think you should be. I could be wrong, but I just feel you should be thinking about it. I think you're right, because I remember this season, um, 
there's a there's a picture from the Minnesota Timberwolves locker room. And they had like a billboard or like a, a whiteboard of all of their goals. And goal one was make the playoffs. And goal two was win the championship. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know what? You It depends on... You got to adjust your coaching accordingly. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Sometimes the pressure, you don't know like who's around. Just getting to an, another level is good. It just depends. Everybody's different. Right. I think you leave that up to the player, but I believe that you should be trying to win a championship. You're not at the end of the season. It'll make you better. It'll make you competitive. And, you know, if you come up short, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. What's your, your favorite uh, Kobe story? Mm, uh, I got a lot of them. I mean, he just, just his, I mean, so many. But mainly, but I, I would probably say his, um, hmm, his work ethic is my favorite stories probably. Mm. He had a lot of stories, but I think his work ethic was stands out just to see him perfecting his craft in the morning times. That stands out because it shows that he's putting in work. Yeah. And if you really love basketball, you respect that. Right. So you say morning times. Well, we, we t- how early we talking? Kobe was in the gym. He began gym at 5.30, man. Mm. He began gym at 5.30. We talking game days or just every day? It's summer, this is, I'm referring to summertime. Okay. Game days, when he was in his prime, before he was like, his body started to hurt after a while. Mm-hmm. But before, you know, before that, he was in the gym early. Right. Or practice days, he's in the gym early. Mm. Hour before, maybe. Getting some shots up. Yeah. Just the greatest, man. Yeah, the definitely. Um, we want to, I want to talk about that speech. Because uh, you win the championship, and immediately, first of all, you shout out the hood, which I think everybody loved. But then after that, you, you shouted out your therapist, right? Yeah. Um, um, basically, becoming, in my eyes, the first NBA player to really talk about mental health. And since then, we've had players like DeMar DeRozan, um, Kevin Love, pretty much talk about their own personal struggles. But I, I would say you were like the beginner of all of that. Um. Well, I think, like, you know, when it comes to, like, that and athletes, I think, I'm not going to say I was the beginning. I'm going to say maybe I did it different. Mm. Those guys have their own story, mm. and I have my own story, and I think it's cool to share your story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and now they're here now, and they and they are carrying, um, you know, the legacy of what people did before us, before me, speaking out. Mm-hmm. On anything, right? And and they're, they're empowering uh, the youth and people to not be afraid to speak out. Right. And I think that's positive. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because I mean, I don't. I say you were the beginning because for me, I don't remember anybody ever doing, it, especially <laughs> not on that platform, right? Everybody's watching the NBA championship, especially it's a game seven. It's a game seven. We talking about the dude that just hit the biggest shot, you know, and just to come out and and, and pretty much open the world up to to mental health is great, man. It's amazing. I, mean, I thought I thought it was. I mean. Well, for me personally, I, I pretty much just blurt out stuff, <laughs> and I'm—I've been an open book, too much of an open book for my career. <laughs> I wish I could do it again. I would—I would just close a lot of books. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I just—you know—you meet people, you see people, you do—you know—just tell your story. Yeah. Right. And um, at that time, it hit me. This whole—the whole playoffs, I was like talking to my therapist, and then it hit me. We talked about that game seven because mm-hmm. um, that whole season I was struggling because I wasn't getting the ball. Right. <laughs> right? Playing with Kobe. Oh, it was just, <laughs> just the whole squad. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody could play. Yeah, everybody's And the triangle was different. Mm-hmm. And I had to become a role player in my head. You're a role player. You're a role player. Um, so that season, me and my therapist was working on just relaxing, focusing on positives, and really um, enjoying the moment. And, and so... We won that championship. I didn't know I was gonna have twenty points. Honestly, I thought I have about maybe eight. Right. If that. Yeah. If that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and then you know, uh, I was like, "Wow!" Well, I had to thank her. It just, it just hit me. I'm having this great time, and I'm just like, "Wow!" I'm just having so much fun, and everything's just coming to me at once. Queensbridge. Oh, shout out to Queensbridge. Mm-hmm. Oh, my therapist. Shout out to my therapist. Oh, my my, my boy, what challenge? I shout out my boys. <laughs> I literally shouted out. My boys. Yeah. <laughs> I said their names yeah. <laughs> in this interview. <laughs> Yo, man, it's crazy. Um, and then the record. Champion. Oh, my goodness. Champion. Champions out. Go, yo, champions out. Oh, but it's not out right now. <laughs> you got to wait seven days. <laughs> you know, it's just a good time. It's a good time. It's a legendary speech. Did it, did it feel better to get that championship against Paul Pierce? 
Not it, not really. Not really. I like Paul. It wasn't. It wasn't that I got against Paul Pierce. It's that I got one. Right. That was right. it. That was better than anything. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, because y'all did have a lot of good battles throughout y'all career, and you just said you it was nothing against him, but it it's like the old saying, uh, "Iron sharpens iron." Right. He, you made him a better offensive player, and vice versa. Right. Yeah, I think I think like I think me playing against Paul, I think it helped him in some games. Mm-hmm. I, I would see some games I play against Paul. And the next game he get forty, right? <laughs> and I was in, you know, I'd, I'd be in his shirt. Cause the thing with me and Paul was, it's like when it's like when I came against LeBron. Mm-hmm. When LeBron came in the league, I was not ready for that. I wasn't ready for this strong, fast guy that is just continuing to work hard. Right. So he was working for a long time. I think when Paul played against me, he was always the bigger guy. But I was like this bigger, strong guy, and defensively I was good. So I think it's like, how do you prepare for that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you prepare for LeBron on offense? You got to be prepared to take a hit and stand there. Mm. Like, how, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Because he's going to hit you and you're going to go back that way. Mm. That means you got to be in the gym when you're like 10, 10 years right. old, lifting weights. I never really thought about it like that. Cause, it's hard. And, and the last thing, I know I keep referencing the last dance, but I just watched it again on the plane here. But uh, in the last dance, Dennis Rodman, in this interview, he's talking about, like, Larry Bird shoots a shot. I know it's coming off like this. When, it, when Magic shoots, I know it's coming off like this. It's got to be some type of parallel to, like, defensively, right? Because you can't guard everybody the same way. You just mentioned how you got to guard LeBron. What was the technique for guarding Kobe when y'all, before y'all were teammates? Well, me, I never changed my strategy. Okay. I didn't watch tape. Hold on, stop right there. Are you trying to tell me Metal World Peace, former defensive player of the year, never watched tape? Listen, anytime I film something, I'm watching it over and over and over just to see how I can get better. But he's one of the greatest of all times at defending, and he never watched film. That is unheard of. I just felt like I was the better defender. Right. I just felt like I was going to lock you up. So in my mind, I'm like, I don't need to watch tape, mm. which was the wrong approach. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it got you a defensive player of the year, so it couldn't be that bad. Yeah, but I, when you watch tape, you can get you can always watch tape. You always want to watch tape, right? And learn. Okay, we gonna we gonna watch the tape of this interview so I can get better at it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to to game seven. Uh, talk about the shot. Kobe passes you the ball because I think if I remember correctly, they were trying to bring like a double towards him, right? And they were playing off of you. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. That ball gets to your hand. What is in your mind? Well, my my mind was stay ready mm. and just flow. You know, and then so Chuck, that, that, that jab step was Chuck Person taught me that. Mm. Chuck Person and Larry Bird. That was a drill those we worked are, on. Those are the Indiana days. Yeah, Indiana days. Mo- most of my improvement came from working with those guys. I mean, it was a simple move, it was a jab shot. Mm-hmm. So it was like flow, just be ready and just don't try to predict anything. Right. Just play the game. Because playing with, playing with the Lakers, you can't predict because you might never touch the ball. <laughs> 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 right so you got to just be ready mm-hmm. just be ready mm. so that was it really I, I, I got the ball I don't have time to be like worrying you know Paul was closing out I, I would have shot it but he closed out small jab he took a half a step back take a little step yep. and once you see somebody go back you just go into your shot mm-hmm. if you're driving you can just look at it you, you know when you're going to have enough room to shoot even if you're shorter mm. once they step back just go up because the, the momentum is going backwards. It's going to take him a little second to get back to right, you. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> take when, a little second to get back to you. When the shot comes off your fingertips, do you know it's going in immediately? No. No? Not at all. Mm. Um, my, my, my focus was, um, my, on that shot, my focus was, um, I would say, it, 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 actually it's really simple. Middle of the rim, um, middle of the rim, elbow up, follow through. Mm. That's what Chuck Person taught me. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care if it goes in. I just care that I'm following the rules. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. So if it would have missed, honestly, I would have been fine. Mm-hmm. With it missing, I would have been pissed. We'd have still been up three, too. Yeah. And that was the thing. I was like, if we miss, they can only tie the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, we still have another shot. Right. And we got Kobe Bryant. Right. <laughs> and he make me look good. <laughs> it's hard for you to fail when you got it's Kobe. Hard, at that time, it was hard to fail. It was a good gamble. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Ain't no stopping me when you know that I called that. So on this show, we want to talk about hoops. We want to talk about sneakers too, right? In your career, you went through a lot of different brands and things. Yes. At one point, you had your own signature shoe. A lot of times. What What was that process like of getting that signature shoe? 
Well, I always wanted my signature signature shoe from Nike, mm-hmm. but that didn't work out. You know, I just feel like being the best defender at my time. I should have a defensive shoe. Right. You got your offensive players and all your offensive players. I'm locking them, a lot of them up. Mm-hmm. So um, then I just went, went to do my own shoe. And it was great because I, I was with K1X. K1X was cool. When I look at it, I didn't really like the business of it. But it was cool because it said like round out test. It was my first time having my own right. shoe. Yeah. And we, it was like a little royalty deal, mm-hmm. which I would never do uh, those type of deals. I would do rev sharing or, or off the top, everything. I am learning that too. No, no royalty. Yep. You keep your royalty. Yep. Your highness. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, and I also wanted, I don't want nobody designing my shoe. Mm. So with that shoe, but it was a great experience. And we had a nice little brand. And actually, that year, I think that was the year I got suspended. Yeah. Yeah, that was it the year was. I got suspended. Yep. So it was, it was actually doing well. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. And they, they took now it actually, off the table, right? That wasn't the year I got suspended. I had K1X before. Then I got LA Gear. That's what I was thinking about, right. Then I had LA Gear. And they took that one off the table That one they the took away. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was a better experience. But, but still, when you're designing shoe with shoe companies, what I realize is when you're, des- when you're designing a mold, mm-hmm. It costs money for the mold. Yeah. So most of the most of the molds are um, there already. Mm. So the shoe companies is telling you we're going to design it like this, but they only have so many options. Okay. Because the mold is there, mm. right? So you want to get in on a mold, <laughs> and then go from there. Right. And you want a little technology in your shoe. Yeah. Now that all costs money. So if I could do it over, I, w- I would have done it like that. But I did LA Gear. That was cool. Then. Um, then Kobe got me a deal with Nike. Yeah. Right. Kobe got me a deal with Nike, but, um, I wanted my own, I wanted to do a, a music video, right? <laughs> Cause Rick Ross just came out with that Nike music video. Okay. And when I seen that, I'm like, yo, I know I'm not the man anymore, mm-hmm. but I just want to like be creative. So when I couldn't do my own rap in, in the music video, I just didn't take the Nike deal. Oh wow! <laughs> just left it on the table. Yeah, I left it. It was like it was like it was like a two point four for you. It was gonna be my biggest deal because you know I lost all my deals. Right. I've heard plenty of stories of people giving up on things for a rap career, but a Nike deal? Come on, man, you tripping? But then I took um I took seventy five grand from an army vet mm. from Chicago. Okay. I took seventy five grand from this army veteran. This company is called Ballin, and um. He's an army vet who launched his own shoe company. Mm. So I said, all right, cool, let's just do it. <laughs> Honestly, I just said, give me the shoes, I'm busy. Yeah. Right? So I, I, I wore his shoes and I showed up. But, you know, it was hard. He, he, he was running the thing on his own. Yeah. It was hard. Mm. Um, but I was like, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it successful. Um, and, and so I did that. It was a great shoe. It had D3O technology in it, actually. Really? It didn't look, it didn't look the greatest. Mm-hmm. It looked like... Like like it was Michael Jackson playing <laughs> basketball. That's how the shoe looked. Right. Shiny and it's like I was dancing all the time. <laughs> the performance was good though. The performance was mm. incredible. Mm. Okay. The performance was incredible. One of my favorite shoes. And then um then I had Peak. Peak, yep. Lou Williams signed with Peak. Shout out to I Peak. I had my own shoe there. But I still still like I wanted I wanted to I wanted to get more in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got the pandas. The pandas. Everybody loves the pandas. The pandas is great. The pandas, I actually sold. So when I was working with the company, I thought they was going to, you know, every time somebody buys a shoe, they ship it out. And at that time, I, I wasn't trying to get in the shoe business, but I'm like, cool. Put the panda logo on there. And, but people bought shoes, but we couldn't, we, we couldn't get them the shoes. Oh, the demand was too high? Yeah, I had to give everybody back their money. Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, I'm not selling your shoes no more. I had to give everybody <laughs> back their money. Because we couldn't get them the shoes. I, I didn't want them waiting like... You know, a year. Yeah, yeah. I got the cash. I said, you know what? It was fun. Right. I made cash selling shoes. And um, so now I just took a break from that. But just as a basketball player, it's always good to have your own shoe. I feel like now there's not that many brands, right? You just mentioned a couple brands that don't sponsor NBA players anymore. Because right now it seems like everybody's either Nike. Um, New Balance is kind of getting in there. Adidas, but Adidas. There's like five brands in the NBA. What happened to all those other brands? Um, I don't know. Like Dada, remember Dada? Right, I remember Dada. Yeah. I, had, I had a contract with Dada with the spinners, right? Yeah, I was at Milwaukee one time playing with the Dadas, and I was playing defense, running, 
And I was just going hard. And I just run a slot, boom. This, the tire came off. Oh my and was gosh. spinning down the court. Right? And I was so embarrassed. <laughs> right? I'm like, no. <laughs> when I was the a kid, I, wa- I wanted a pair of Dottas. They just look so cool. Every time you want to spend zoot, yeah, zoot, zoot. just is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a great shoe. I, but I had a good time with the um, had a good time with the with the, whoever the owners were. Mm. I forget, but I had a good time. They I definitely good. remember uh, Latrell, right? Latrell hooping them all. Latrell the was time. hooping them, yeah, yeah. yeah Latrell was hooping them. That's what I remember from Latrell. During the All Star game, I wore two. Right, you switched it up, right? You switched two. You you wore two different because you were. I was at that time. Agent, I wasn't right? nobody. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I wore um, two daughters, one half. Mm-hmm. Next half, I might have worn Nikes or somebody. I'm like, I just need a deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want a deal. So yeah. yeah. I think more NBA players do that now. I mean, they stay with their brand. Like PJ Tucker switches shoes like four times a game. You know, just to show off different his shoes. brands. No, same brand. Oh. Usually Nike. He switches four times a game. Some it has been times where he switched four times every quarter. He just ripped different. Really? Sneak. Yeah. That's how much of a sneakerhead he is, though. <laughs> Shout out to PJ Tucker. Crazy. All right, we appreciate you coming. We got one last thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the show is called Game, right? Game is on the line. Who do you want taking your shot? Okay, do I want... LeBron has now entered into a big-time game maker, mm-hmm. shot maker in the game. Okay, He's just now... His last... Actually, maybe the last seven years, he has entered into that. Before, yeah. you would say Kobe or Jordan. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to give you five. I'm, I'm going to say LeBron. I'm going I'm to say Jordan, Kobe, Steph Curry. Mm. And then I'm going to say... Who am I missing? I don't know. I saw a guy hit a game seven I'm dagger <laughs> in 2010. That was one time. <laughs> Robert Ory. Robert Ory. That, now, nah, that's, a, that's a pull. Robert Ory has so many big-time shots. Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, Robert Ory. Mm. 0.4 seconds for Derek Fish is all he needed. Wow. Ridiculous. Honestly, if my life was on the line, <laughs> if my life was on the line, like mm-hmm. life, Derek, I'd give Derek Fisher. Gotta get to Derek Fisher. Wow. I would. Like my life on the line, yeah. That's like, high praise. If, if, if I'm going to fall from a building and Derek has to, somebody has to hit a shot. It's Derek Fisher. N- n- no question. Why him though? I know he's hit some big shots, but what makes him different than like- They you- both hit big shots. Kobe and Derek both hit big shots. And I love both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they both hit big shots. I've, I've seen Derek hit just as many big shots as Kobe. Yeah. Different timing. Mm. Now, I'm not saying Derek is the same player as Kobe. Right. And I, I can give it to Kobe too also. Honestly. Honestly, you can give it to Kobe. So we asked Meta, game is on the line. Who you pass the ball to, to of course, call game. He gave us some, some real interesting answers. Number one, we have MJ, of course. Michael Jordan. Everybody's gonna pick Michael Jordan. Number two, he gave us Kobe. Rest in peace to Kobe, but of course, I would get a ball to Kobe too. Then he gave us some some real interesting answers with LeBron. LeBron has hit some shots, but I I didn't expect him to be on this list. We got one of the greatest shooters of all time, Stephen Curry. Because I mean, if the game is on the line, if you down by three, there's no better person to get a ball to. Then we got Big shot, Robert Ory. This makes sense, the dude has more rings than I have fingers right here, you know, he's just got so many. But the one that came out of nowhere, this guy right here, all the way over here, Derek Fisher. Hey, it's Meta's list, not mine. I'm just saying like, from playing with Derek, I was on the back of the bus one day talking to Derek, and Kobe was in the back actually. Derek, Derek was sitting, Kobe was sitting, yeah, because Derek's sitting back of Kobe. And I, I went past Kobe one time, I said, Derek, because we were in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Like, how do you hit big shots? It's like, and I asked him this question, like if you ask a math teacher, how do you do two plus two? Because yeah. I'm seeing him, and I'm like, every time he's in the back of the bus, I'm just like, in my mind, like, how, how does Derek keep doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it going in the basket? When I shoot, it doesn't always <laughs> go in the basket. <laughs> But I'm trying my best. I'm practicing. So I'm like, what is it? So I'm like, he, he was actually telling me. We spoke for like an hour. And then Kobe actually chimed in. Okay. <laughs> Kobe chimed in. And I was like, okay, okay. I was like, Derek, <laughs> how do you do this? But honestly, well, I was talking to Derek more because um, Kobe's probably a little bit busy too. Right. 
right? Okay. Kobe White a little bit busy on his phone. I didn't want to hound Kobe, mm -hmm. but they both was giving me insight. Mm. And it was, it, was all, it was all like spiritual things, mm. belief. It was all belief things. And then I, I was listening, because I, 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 never, I never met someone who could actually hit shots. Derek hit him in the first quarter. He hit him in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. He hit him in the second quarter with two seconds left on the shot clock. Yep. He hit him in the, you know, in, in, in the first quarter with five seconds left in the first quarter, you know. He, he hit him um, when you're down two yeah. in the fourth quarter. He hit it when it's tied. <laughs> Just you know all the saying? time. He was there. Yeah. Man. Like all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's literally insane. Wow. He, if he would have had that ball in game seven, he, he would have he made the he shot. He would hit it too. He was, in, he was in the left corner. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> I remember that. He was, I was looking at everybody. <laughs> Damn, and Lamar was here. Lamar would have hit that shot too. Mm. And then Powell was underneath the basket. Right. Kobe was obviously. It would have been cool. People should actually. We uh, look at making uh, some computer thing where Kobe hit the shot, like he took it. He would have made that shot too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing but great shooters right there. Nothing but like, nothing like shooters. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, that's it. We appreciate you coming through. Thank you. Much success to your to your new show. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to tune in next week to see who's on call game. I'll see you then. Subscribe. Peace.